secondly, I was wondering if we would all talk about what would, I don't think amnesty is the right word. What would, what would it mean to come back together with some of the people we've broken from? What would that take? How could that be healed? Is there a way for it to be healed? What are we looking for? Um, Cause I, I think I have some particular people in, in my mind when I think yeah. of, of a way of a way to come people who I would want or I would want to come back to and what I would need for that to be possible. Welcome to What's Left, a weekly political discussion challenging the mainstream left. I'm Eduardo Barca with co-host, teacher and socialist Andy Lipson, writer and teacher Jessica, and community organizing socialist Kenny Cepeda. We are online at what-s-left.webnow.com. Uh, you can find that link to our blog in the episode notes. Uh, you can also find our social media handles as at Don Eduardo Barca and at ZepDK on Instagram, and Jess's Twitter handle as at jhomie89. Uh, please subscribe, rate, review, turn on your notifications, and share your favorite episode where we from this episode. But I want to say something that comes up on this calendar that's very important. And every day there's something happening. And I just want to say, in Mexico, please forgive me, Andy, you're going to kill me. But please, in 1983, Mexico, today is the Mexican, the Mexican, uh, the Zapatista National Liberation Army was born. Uh, so today is a special day. So today's topic will be discussing the um, a discussion we've had on and off line about um, maybe amnesty or forgiveness or how do we move past our differences that we had during the pandem pandemic uh, in 2020, 2021, when we've worked sometimes along with each or sometimes we worked separately with other folks. This is something that we've discussed in Workers and Students for Choice. It was brought up when we talked about, when I brought up specifically about working with other uh, work, um, other other people at my school site where they were opposed to the reopening of schools. And there was an article in the Atlantic that we're going to be possibly discussing, but more than that, we're going to be asking ourselves questions that came up in the last episode about uh, my bringing up Noam Chomsky and Jessica and Kenny's and Andy's response was uh, holding him accountable in response to what I had said about like him being one of the people that I admire still, even though I want to uh, I still don't agree with his stance on uh, the pandemia, where he mentioned something about the Russian war, and and I said that I thought it was valid. But this has come up. It's come up in my in my organizing. It's come up in Workers and Students for Choice. It's coming up in our What's Left. So we'll be discussing that uh, about what we think of this notion of amnesty, of forgiveness, of working with people who've had our differences before. So that's what I think um, uh, we'll be exploring on today's episode well i okay i read the article like 45 minutes ago i heard everybody talking about it last week or whenever it was that it came out and i mean yeah it sounded like a bunch of bs and like valid uh critiques from people who are more kind of aligned with us but I kind of thought it would just be an eye roll when I read it. But I got to tell you, like, it made me livid. I don't know if I was just in a bad mood today, maybe a little bit. But, like, I had to pour myself a glass of wine, like, between the, the reading of it and logging on here. Like, oh, my God. So, yeah. But I, I well, I don't know. I guess we'll, 
Andy's intro won't be in there, but I, I think what you said about the article being BS, but the question of forgiveness or mending relationships, bridges, whatever that might or might not look like being valid. Yeah. That, I guess I'm more interested in the second part. Like, sure, let's discuss the article, but <sighs> yeah. Eduardo might not be the only one on a rant. <laughs> we do that. Would you be, can you, do you think you can say why you think it made you so upset? Um, well, do we want to like get into the specifics of the article? Cause I don't know if I can without okay. doing that. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll save it then to, to let's go, yeah. go around then. And then yeah. we'll see if it, we'll see if we get into your anger a little bit more later. Yeah. Kenny? So I actually didn't read the article, but I did think a lot about this question of forgiveness. And and I, I've mentioned that I've taken a step back, you know, from like all the energy like that that it took during that period of, you know, standing up for what we I thought was right in, in standing in isolation. Um in so I, I I actually came to this conversation more to try to find answers because I, I, I think I have more questions than answers, you know, like I asked myself, um, you know, what is there to forgive? You know, what what was broken or was there nothing broken? Maybe some, maybe because I feel like I, I started to see new things that I didn't see before. And so I'm not... You know, part of my seclusion, you know, from being too hyper engaged with, uh, you know, everything about AI and COVID vaccines and Fauci, the uh, CDC and all this bullshit. Um, part of my seclusion is just for, to protect my energy because I, I, maybe that was the thing that was damaged. You know, I, it was, I was, I was forced to spend a lot of my own energy while being vilified in in by people that once stood by my side you know and and or that valued my opinions but suddenly that that changed and you know like looking back i i, I you know i i don't you know, there, there is rationality you know there is a reason why people they thought they were doing you know well and it's not completely people's faults, you know, like entirely, like it's a mixed bag of things. So I, again, I, I don't know what, what, what there, what is there for me to forgive? What I do know is that because that was a real event, right? We, we can theorize about the, the politics of things we can theorize about, but that was a real thing, right? Like that, that's when you showed up where you stood, you know, but it affected lives. It destroyed people's lives. It, it had a human cost. You know, and, and so more than anything, it showed me where I stood. And it also showed me where people said that, people who said that were, that were next to me didn't show up. And so I, I don't know if there's anything for me to forgive. I think my eyes are more wide open, you know. And so from there is where I'm parting and I have to find out, like, what kind of relationships do I want to have? And, and so. I, I don't know if, and you know that that's at least what's in my in my mind, 
because I don't know if like I need to forgive anything, you know, to um, only one person in, in my life has tried to apologize for for some of the harassment, not so much the facts, fuck the facts, but for, for the human aspect, because once he's heard that episode where, you know, I talked about the cost of, you know, the anxiety, the, the you know, the, the, the time I lost from seeing the last year of my cousin in, on this earth, because I couldn't travel to Canada. Because I, you know, and, and that's a, that was a real cost to me, you know, to wait that, you know. Um, but it, it, I don't think it was necessarily people's fault, you know, because there's a whole fucking system, you know, and and so I I don't know, you know, I I don't I'm more again, I have more questions as to. Yeah, I might be worth, well, if and when we dig into the article, it might be worth trying to figure out like who is the amnesty article are are they talking about amnesty for decision makers policy makers or are they talking about people in daily life or both and then you know as we're applying it to our own yeah i, I probably am agreeing with kenny ultimately that we don't want to spend too much time with that article except to say that 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 person who wrote that article was playing playing a game. Uh, it's like Chomsky, like full of shit. Um, and what they were attempting to do was draw an equal sign between the forgiveness that you might need or that you might reach out to a to a person who's in your life, a brother, a sister, a friend, a comrade, and they were drawing an equal sign to the state and and to the and to the political officials and say. You know, just like you, we need to reach across the aisle to the people we love. We also have to be prepared to have that kind of forgiveness for the people who are running society and who made these decisions. It's it's a it's a it's a it's a trickster game. It's like it's like a it's like a devilish imp coming in and trying to fool you into something that you you should know better. Um, and that's what was upsetting for me is the game that this person was playing. And I I think they know it. I think they like. What's interesting to me, like I, this is the one p detail I had never heard in the article, was they told a story about their family in the early days of COVID, who basically took a hike like a goddamn Navy SEAL team using hand signals to decide, you know, who was wearing a mask and things like that, because they were so fucking crazy that they thought, like, you know, we got to be careful as we walk the trail if we see anybody else who's walking the trail without a mask on because we've woven our cloth masks, which have nothing, like, whatever. I don't even want to get into them not doing anything. So that's how they walk the trail. And then they're so nuts that their kid, their four-year-old kid, screams social distancing when another child gets near them. And that a same four -year -old. family. Four-year-old. Four-year-old. Four-year-old of their own volition. Right, that shows yeah. how nuts. And then th the next line is uh, talking about how this person is teaching a course on COVID. And that's all I have to know. Like. This person who did, who has no insight into anything, all they are are a state shill, you know, basically now is now teaching a course on how to understand COVID. So it's a wrap. Perhaps um, worth noting that Emily Oster Oster is a Goldman Sachs University professor of economics at Brown. Right. So that... There's no credibility whatsoever. It is just an attempt to fool us. It's actually, and this is the part that might be damaging. 
if somebody who actually I cared about read it, it might fool them into thinking it's all good. That's the part that make me that I'm, that creates some fear for me is that the people who I would actually want to have a bridge across, like my sister, if she read that, would she think, oh, would that would that make it more unlikely? Because in her mind, oh yeah, mistakes were made, and no, that's not what happened with us and other people. It. It certainly is not what happened with the state. The state makes made no mistakes. They did exactly what they what they intended to do, and the people who are saying they got it all wrong want to do no re reexamination. And I would include. I sent an article about um, Tim Robbins, uh, who would who was saying, "Hey, I think we we've made some mistakes here." But honestly, does he go back and look? How did I get this so fucking wrong? Like I remember when I looked at Russia and thought Russia was not going into Ukraine, and when they went into Ukraine, I was like, I got it completely wrong. I have to rethink my whole thing now. And this is true for these people like Tim Robbins. And I don't see him rethinking. You know, he, he looks like he's still kind of stuck and just saying, well, now it's now it's over, you know. But there is something I'm looking for. Um, I, I don't know if the word forgiveness fits into it in terms of it's not a question of it's a question of I'm I do require some accountability on the part of people who I would say abandoned me. And I would, and I say they did abandon me and I, and it's not, so I'm not upset with the state. The state didn't abandon me. They were never my friend. I had some illusions about the state. That was my problem. Um, I think I've lost shed even some of those illusions that I didn't even know I had, but it, it doesn't, there are people in my life who I feel like should not have abandoned me over a disagreement. Um, and that's the people who I do think. I have to ask, what would be the way back for us to be able to reconnect um, in a more in a meaningful way where I'm not looking over my shoulder going like, well, you kind of fucked me before. So I'm just kind of waiting for that to happen again when the shit hits the fan. And that's the only meaningful like that's, for me, that's the only meaningful reconnection is something that that allows that broken trust to be mended and. Um, and to actually go forward with a sense of, oh, we've actually gone through something. And now I can actually maybe even trust you more as a result of this process than I did before this process. We went through it. That's Are what I'm looking for. Hypothetically, though, Andy, because like I, I know for me, this entire conversation in terms of like people in our lives is hypothetical. Kenny, you said one person has like made some effort to admit that they maybe didn't act very appropriately uh, like i'm just curious like are you guys are people yeah, coming to you apologizing like, there's nothing no there's zero but i'm saying what am i looking for so there's there's actually nothing coming my way but whether it happens or not i do think it's important for me to know for people who are still important in my life what am i looking for from them eduardo you should go because you wanted to start and all three of us have talked and you haven't I mean, I just was, I, I didn't know how lively it was going to get. So I, I thought I would start to get us going. But no, I, if you all were saying good stuff that I, I'm listening to. I'm reflecting. It's made me think some things about what I wanted to say. And I mean, there are, uh, I'm glad you all started, actually, because I, I don't know. I think I'm starting to find some differences between us. Uh, and maybe it's because... I I don't I don't know it has to do with my personality I don't really I'm not like 
Eh, ¿Cómo? Resentful. Yeah, I'm not like a resent. I'm not a very resentful person, but I am someone who brings up the past as a reminder of like what you did, so that you know like this was very wrong of you. This is very wrong of you, and, and don't do it again. And so there's some. So I'm, I'm just there's a lot that I want to say. So I'll just start with this. I guess the article by Emily Oster was trying to find a way for us to bridge again working together with other people she was saying that she was for the reopening of schools and other people were not and there was a lot they called her teacher killer right and that was something that i've been called i've been called anti-union i've been called anti-teacher i've been teacher killer i've been called i want teachers to die that's what i want people that's basically what people said to me when i wanted to reopen schools and i i um so i sympathize with her stance. I, I obviously don't have, there's a lot that uh, she stands for that I don't, but just in that area, just that, that's, that aspect, I, I understand that piece. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's challenging to think. I think I'm not going to think about the state so much because, of course, I think they were very intentional, knew what was happening. If you could go to the French Laundry, and you can go to Martha Stewart, and you're telling people to shut down, you obviously know something, and that's the reason why you're doing that, and it's not that threatening. So that's to all the people who are at the very top, the governing class, right? But I'm going to call out the people at the local level, because that was that were happening here. There are people here in San Francisco, specifically, because that's where I was organizing, that have not come out and publicly stated that they were wrong. And one of those people is working with me closely currently at my school site and where I'm currently organizing with families. And she is part of the union. She is part of the union. And she last year was caught. She's saying it on video a lot of the time. She's to shut down schools and saying, alongside with other people, her group and the caravan were all saying that only white families wanted to return and saying crazy things like, oh, uh, you know, if you're not like, if you're not for this, you're anti-union, you're anti-teacher and I, and being attacked by her personally. I mean, I'm sitting literally, what, a meter away from this person who said a lot of things about me to other teachers who like didn't even want me to be around uh, the, the staff party, like people really made me feel like I was against them. And, and, and so, and who said also, who also said that I was being paid by somebody because I released a video. I'll, re I'll show the video. It's time to go back. We've done it before in previous pandemics. School survey results overwhelmingly show families like me want to go back. For families who are not ready to return, you'll always have the option to learn at home. The science is clear. Our schools and our children are not super spreaders. We can go back safely and of course fight for more resources, but we have to include families in the struggle. We have to do it simultaneously. Keep our families safe. No more Zoom, no more Google. We need in-person classes. I was being paid by somebody uh, because I released a video that Jonathan, my brother, and I 
produced with no payment. It was out of like using this computer uh, for the reopening of schools. We, we were we were told that we were being used by who? I'm like I'm like by who though? Like like you're the one who ran to get elected using COVID as the issue to get elected. You're the one with all these other intentions out there. And if they see this, I'm you're the one over there using COVID, politicizing COVID to get your way and to hijack the whole thing so that you can get elected in the union. I what was I doing? I was I wasn't getting paid by anybody. So not even Putin. <laughs> no. I mean, I could use a little money right now. <laughs> <laughs> nobody's paying me <laughs> so what was that comment about right and i'm glad someone told her like what are you talking about that's crazy uh so i, I guess for me as i'm reading this it's like this by um, emily oster like i'm feeling very as the I think I, I think it's for there to be closure. There needs to be some sort of like we need to have we need to like hash it out in public or something, or we need to discuss it or something. And I want that 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 or that union and the teachers who organize for the opening of schools to really like be. That's what I feel like I want it to be happen. I want an open public debate, which they're not going to admit. I don't think they will. They won't admit they were wrong because that would make them look bad. They're trying to save face. And that is what I think is, that's where I think that people are not, they're disingenuous about their intentions, you know, that, and that's different from here where we're on what's left. And in this circle, you said, Andy, what I, I'm glad you said, you you got it wrong on, on, on Russia, you said, right? And I've been wrong many times on what's left. And I have come out and I've said, you know, I've changed my position on this. And, you know, if you're honest, you know, there's reasons why we stand the way that we stand. And if you're honest, you're going to admit, you're going to say, well, I had that wrong. Oh, you know what? I realize now. And throughout this whole process, it's been embarrassing and cringy watching me evolutionize before everyone else. Luckily, we're a small channel. But, you know, the day I get published or something, people are going to dig shit and they're going to find stuff. And this is like a tattoo and that's all right. That's fine. But the thing is, I'm honest and I wish the people were honest on the other side. I wish people were honest. And that's what I hope this, that people, if they're going to listen, I don't think they are, but if they were to listen to this, like, I wish they would be honest about their mistakes. Then it'd be like real closure, right? It's hard for me to be in the same room with the person who called me an anti-teacher and anti-union. It's hard to be in the same room with the person but I also know I recognize that I have bigger goals and that's where the disagreement with you both come. And I don't want to, I want to give you both all three of you a chance. Here's a disagreement. Like I, I don't know if I understood this from you all, but I, I am going to work along. There are other greater things I'm, I have to move forward with. Uh, and that might mean I have to work with people who really form me apart, you know, on a personal level, play dirty politics up there well just on the honesty thing i mean even this article like even just on the surface level it, it's not actually asking for a blanket amnesty because it says 
obviously some in italics people intended to mislead and made wildly irresponsible claims uh remember when the public health community had to spend a lot of time and resources urging americans not to inject themselves with bleach (laughs) it's like well let's have amnesty with no admission of wrongdoing but the amnesty isn't even like this blanket bullshit for everybody let's just call it even it's literally only for the people that she deems worthy right and i mean i can think of at least a hundred things that were said directly to my face that were far crazier than injecting yourself with bleach um uh, yeah and can you speak uh, about that jess what were what what was what happened to you during so i actually don't I know mean, I had- bottles thrown at my head during peaceful protests where I was standing on the side of the road with a sign smiling with a small group of women more than once I had objects like literally thrown at my head and I'm not like I'm not interested in like inhabiting some like victim Mm -hmm. victimhood I mean I do think that like as a working class group we were victimized for sure, but I'm I'm not interested in like oh poor me. But it's just I don't know. I think reading this just like it just brought back like all of the just I mean trauma. Like we've all been mm. traumatized to degrees that I don't think is even I don't think it, it's even palpable to us. Like how deeply as a collective population and in particularly just you know it opens with like this four-year-old kid mm-hmm. and i just i i mean i'm not like this i feel like this episode is to some extent like part of my worry with it is like oh we're just going to be preaching to the choir but i it, i don't know like it's still in some sense pretty pretty raw i mean it's been two and a half years and it's like yeah i mean i i know that the article is it's trying to do like it's trying to set like a narrative up you know so that discourse can kind of like flow in a certain way right like it's not you can't take it on its face but even so it's just i mean <laughs> like you you smothered like the faces of babies forcibly with these like mag- microplastic infested chemical riddled scraps of you know what are now like ocean pollution like you you violated human rights you censored people you fired people you evicted people literally beat people in some cases coerced people into taking an injection they didn't fucking want thousands of people ODing right with absolutely no access to help no access to community left our elderly to fucking rot to death alone away from their families in these horrible torturous institutions locked I mean like I know I'm preaching to the choir but it's just like I don't know this article just like all came back to me domestic violence victims right basically locked in their homes with their abusers child abuse froze up child abuse intubated people against their will denied people available treatment um barred loved ones from being with them 
you know, in medical settings or advocating for them, even separated mothers from babies. I mean, how many times have we gone over that from like the liberal thing, um, forced pregnant women to, to birth while suffocated, you know, and in some cases, like without their partner, without a support person. Yeah, like the collateral the damage. Of, right. Like the amount of damage that's been done, relationships, like even that we have to have this conversation of like, oh, like how do we mend these broken relationships? Like, I mean, I I truly think a lot of these relationships can't be mended, won't be mended, like friendships, um, families, businesses, not to mention like the whole economy being, you know, forced and plunged into a depression um traumatized an entire generation of children as we've gone over again and again and then like on a global scale just the poverty i mean millions and millions of people literally like condemned to to die or starve to death i mean and you want amnesty like fuck off like it's it just i don't know and then i think too like a lot of i hear people like kind of collapsing the term amnesty with forgiveness, which I think these are two separate mm. things. Like the article doesn't talk about forgiveness at all, mm. like directly or indirectly. And I think, I don't know, to me, like the, what it's doing, it's like setting up this like preemptive pardon or like put, just putting, putting it out there, you know, like so innocently into the, into the discourse that like, you don't even have to ask for forgiveness. Like you don't even have to admit that you were wrong. Like we're just going to preemptively open up this door for you to just carry on. Like just carry on. And I mean, I, I've never expected people to be like running to my doorstep. Like, Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I shouldn't have said that or I shouldn't have um, excluded you from this or whatever. But I don't know. It's just, it's very it's it's very devious i feel yeah i mean that's why i think this article is a continuation of the attack and the abuse that we've taken it's not an attempt to ameliorate it because under the cover that's why it does use the term amnesty and not forgiveness because amnesty is a political term and under the cover of making of of doing something that that we could talk about my way back with my sister or Eduardo, you, cause I'm not interested. My first way back is not with people I'm organizing with. My first way back is with family. Um, and that's the kind of people I'm thinking, could there, could there be a way back that, that, that I would want to discuss here. You keep um, bringing up your sister. Can you just, what are you, what are you talking about with your sister? Um, well, let's get to that in a second. Um, the, so under the cover of something that's human, between a break that happens between people who loved each other or trusted each other. That's a human thing. They are attempting, this article is attempting to really uh, pr prepare us for giving a pardon to the very state that it has been attacking us, that escalated its attack over the last two years. It was attacking us before that and it escalated its attack. We've talked about the, the wealth transfer and we talked about just all the things Jessica's talked about. That's why this term amnesty is here. It's it's attempting to cover underneath a human human to human thing. It's attempting to give to encourage us to allow the state to get a pass. Um, and that's never going to happen for me. So that and that's why you are right, Eduardo. That honesty is central to this 
this person who wrote this is is entirely dishonest in the writing of it. Um, but I am prepared in another round of these conversations to talk about the thing that Kenny wants to get to, which is, okay, what would it be for me to actually, what would I need to make a way back with people who I care about, who, who in, my, in my opinion, abandoned me in a way through this time? Um, and that's what I'm talking about. Or that's, that's the next conversation. That's the conversation that this, that this article was attempting to fake have in order to make us forgive the state or give amnesty to the state or just say, oh, you get a pass for doing whatever. But there is still a meaningful discussion to be had about act with actual, between humans who care about things, about what might be a way we could, who would you want to make peace with? And what would, what would have to happen for that, for that to happen? That's that's a more interesting discussion for me. I'm not so sure for me, there is this extreme separation of the people I organize with and, and the people I love because they all know what I stand for, you know. Um, you know, of course, like, there is the organizers who think they're in, in, in the actively in the war against these, you know, the people who, who rule our lives. You know, I, I think there is a distinction maybe there, but, you know, like the people I love, you know, they also know why I say the things I say. Like, I'm not, I'm not different. I, I, I would like to think that way, you know, and, and so the degree of, to which we talk about certain topics you know, might be different, you know, there may be more planning and, or, you know, with organizers, but so again, it's just for me, there is no, dis not, not, not a huge distinction, you know, between, because that, that to me is giving license to that whole notion that like, oh, I'm non-political. You know, everything, you know, like, it, because even if you say you're not political, you just suffered the, the 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 collateral damage of the war against the capitalist class. Whether you were on the given end, but, but some shit was broken. Like no one came unscathed, you know, like at least the masses of people, no one came unscathed from the last two and a half years. So there is a word, for me, there is a word. If anything, that's what I would wanna, you know, push. Because this is not surprising, this is, Obviously, the degree to, you know, it is damaging, and, and, but this is not new to me. You know, it's just some people choose or whatever, for whatever reason, you know, they think that they can separate those things, the way they live their lives. You know, and from their ways of loving, their ways of existing, surviving, and just having human relationships. It, it's all a bundle for me. And so that, that's why I just want to point that out, that to me, there is not much of a, a distinction. I can say there is definitely for me, and this is where I think, where I share Eduardo. Well, I think I share Eduardo's thing. So if if there were former people from my school who abandoned me, or comrades who abandoned me, who came to a freedom meeting, I, I would be surprised, and I would, and if they reached out to me to say, "Hey, I see you're doing this around trying to do this with education." Could I get involved? I would say yes. And like Eduardo, I would be looking 
looking with my, like over my shoulder kind of the whole time wondering what's this person really about because they're not like I know where they come from and unless they said something in the meeting that said that suggested that they had come to a complete re re-looking at it um, which would also probably then mean they're going to say something to me at some point in time then I'm going to be like well this person's kind of I'm not sure what's going on with them but they're looking to they're, they they appear to be part of trying to fight this thing in the same way that I will so I'm going to go forward with it not ignorantly not naively but I'm organizing with them um and so here we go um and so I I'm prepared to do that like and I I I don't that's that's a one sort of thing but but as it relates to people who like for my sister in order for me to reform my relationship with my sister I had to admit mistakes I had made and I I did that it wasn't easy but I was glad I did it, and I was glad that I apologized for the mistakes I had made in our past that had damaged our relationship, that, in my opinion, only way we were going to come together again on a, on a more meaningful way was if I was going to own my, prop, my part of the damage that had been done from our family and my part in it. So I believe in a, <laughs> my sister has abandoned me during this time um, when I took a stand against the schools. When I took a stand to not write my name on the thing, she was like, I really don't want to hear about this anymore. Um, and that felt that that was very hurtful for me because um, I was only keeping her informed, not because I thought she agreed with me, but for her to know something that was very important to me at a very important time in my life. Because we had talked. She's a teacher. I'm a teacher. And we had talked about how meaningful being an educator was. And she was seeing that because of what the state was doing, it was putting in a position where I had to decide. Was I going to stick with my school that I enjoyed teaching at with my comrades and my fellow colleagues? Or was I going to take a stand for what I believe in? And that was being forced on me by the state. And she was like, I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to hear about this thing you're doing because I'm not entirely sure why she didn't want to hear about it, but she didn't want to hear about it. And I did not like that. I felt very like dropped and left by that. Um, so that relationship, I really would like a, a, a way back way back from that and to uh, again be brother and sister in the way that we were but only could be after I apologized for what what I had done um and that's I do think I do think something is needed for that to go forward like that and that's very different than organizing space to me um uh and it would require a person my sister basically going like man I didn't agree with you, but I fucked up. Like I should not have left you like that. If I have to choose between the state and you, I choose you. Cause that's what I would choose. I'm not choosing somebody else over the state, but she didn't, she chose the state. And that's, I, I'm very hurt by that. So I would like a way back from that. Um, I would like a way back from like conversations that when we do talk, if we do talk that are gonna be completely surface. Um, but I think it, it it's it's kind of all or nothing. Either either the whole thing gets gets taken up, the whole question of what happened, why were you thinking that, and are you prepared to own a mistake you made, or nothing? It's all or nothing there. Whereas the organizing space is sort of like partial, um, and it doesn't need to be full for me because I not that I don't care, but 
I don't need to trust those people in the same way. And I, I'm prepared to build a little bit of trust through the course of organizing together. That's fine. Maybe I'll learn to trust them a little bit more as an organizer. But that's not as meaningful for me as this question of how, how do we make it back from divides like in family and in, in deep, like what I thought were committed relationships that got severed. So. Yeah, I think, I don't know what you just said, Andy is kind of clarifying for me a little bit, even in the moment, because I think, I mean, it's, it's different for me because I literally left the state. So, you know, I, I do feel like, I mean, just geographically, like I left those spaces behind. Um, I don't know, in terms of organizing, I mean, a lot of the work I was doing was in the animal rights space. And that's an area for me where I'm like, I kind of think I was a little bit wrong or off, like, in my approach. Um, back to family, I think, and what you said about family being different from organizing spaces. And I think, I mean, even family being different from friendships i i mean i think it's different for different people right like some people their chosen family like is is their family but yeah i mean i feel like for just kind of friends and friendly acquaintances it really wouldn't take much like if you're gonna treat me like a human being I don't need like some formal apology. I agree with Kenny. Like there's not a whole lot to forgive. People are being propagandized at levels that we've never seen in human history. Um, I think there's a fundamental divide if you weren't able to see, especially after a year or two, what was happening at least a little bit. Um, But I, I can work with those people. I can train with those people. I can, do whatever, like be friends, go to dinner. Like, that's cool. It's fine. Family. I feel like it's like, I, I need more and less from family because I think there's just something distinct. Like I feel like I'm kind of living in a weird liminal space of my family. And I mean, yeah, the sister thing, like I, well, I completely lost my sister for about 10 months, like literally she wouldn't even speak to me over the phone primarily because my COVID views. Um, and now it's like maybe like a couple texts a month and it's like one word answers, you know, she won't let me visit her. She won't visit me. I don't know what to do to like redeem that relationship. And then even with my parents, like they're, I talk to him all the time, but it's just so clear that we're living in different paradigms. And I, I think as humans, we have a fundamental need to be witnessed, not by everybody, like all the time, but by like the people who you're really, really close to, like that sense that you were describing, Andy, of like not wanting to hear it. Like, oh, I just, I just want like... I just want to hear about these aspects of your identity, like not your whole authentic self, even if you still disagree, you know, with some or all of your stances, right? Like this thing of like, I don't even want to hear it. Like, I just don't want to hear about that part of your life. And that's kind of where I am at with uh, certainly my parents. Like, I don't know. It's really hard. Like, I don't need like an apology or something from them, but 
I don't know. Like they we're just there's like this distance and I don't know how to how to breach it. And then on top of that, I I'm so fucking angry at the people who are behind this at this state and at the policymakers because I mean, just last week, for example, my or a couple weeks ago, my dad got a flu shot, a, a, a quadruple strength flu, flu shot because he's over 65. He can get that now. Apparently it's a thing. This is somebody whose 22-year-old daughter almost died of Guillain-Barre, which is primarily a <laughs> adverse reaction to the flu shot. My mom went to the doctor and got a shingles vaccine. And then two days later, got uh, at the same time, uh, I think a fifth booster or I'm sorry, fifth COVID shot, like third booster. So I don't know. They've like lost track in one arm at the same time as getting a flu vaccine in the other arm. This is my mother who is like a primary reason why I am anti-vax. I mean, she vaccinated me as a child, but she was very like against too many. Like she never let me get a flu shot. She was very like uh, conservative in terms of medical interventions growing up. And so like that really shaped me. That's a big part of why I am the way I am and why I've like held this stance during this. Um, and I feel like they're, I support bodily autonomy, but it's really fucking hard to watch them get shot after shot after shot. And I feel like at a certain point, like the state is killing them. And it, it just, it's so sad. And it's, it's hard for that not to be like present when you're talking, you know, and trying to like, I don't know, salvage your relationship. It seems to be like I was speaking to my friend Emma in the UK who lives in Kent and she and she's still having issues with friends and family. But it seems to be more of something happening with like friends and like close friendships and close family. It's like this stuff happens mostly in the USA and in the UK and other like Australia. It was huge as well. But very militant stuff going on. This doesn't happen normally in Latino families. We just disagree. And then we kind of just <laughs> accept each other. I know that's true for Kenny. <laughs> like they had differences in your family as well. We had differences, but we don't like cut off anyone. So I don't have, so I, I feel very sympathetic to both of you, Jessica and, and Andy, but I don't have much to say in, in, as far as this area goes. And I know that I, Kenny and I share this and it's like, it's not, we weren't cut off. What my family did say, my cousins who were for, the mandates uh they did say this those of you those of your the friends this is what changed my mind on like being close to some friends they said if they weren't sticking by you they were never your friends to begin with so they could have a disagreement on it but it, like friendships i'm not talking about family like 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 friendship if the people who were who left you and abandoned you and they decided to go and talk shit about behind you like they did they were never your friends to begin with. So that was very extreme for one of them to say to me, who believes it, who believed a lot about the COVID narrative. She said that, and we we love each other and talk to each other, even though we have differences of thought about this. And so that for me, so so I don't have much to say about family because as, as I said, we don't, we don't, we're not we're not not talking to each other. But with my friends, I like you, Andy, I think, yeah, I'm going to watch my back you know i don't i'll work with them but yeah i don't 
I don't think I, I, I'd ever trust them the same way. They, I, you know, I appeared in the, in the examiner, I appeared in the SF Chronicle talking and they used those sorry articles to show other teachers. And then they would meet up in happy hour and then just all of them as wolves just tear me apart. And I felt like I was a grizzly bear just going, you know, that we were just, they were just tearing me apart in their happy hour meetings. And luckily someone would tell me what was happening. And that's why I always tell them, I have ears and eyes everywhere. So don't talk about me. And, you know, I found out. And when I did try to make amends, I think I shared it here. I went over to their house, particularly two teacher friends. It turned into an, a shouting match. I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know if it'll be uh, healed. So I guess I'm glad that both of you shared in this area about like the difference. And that's a good question, like about forgiveness, just like you. So I, I think in this, as we're talking, I'm thinking out loud, I think there's distinct distinguishing the difference between like working with people. Can we work with people that have had differences with us and, or, and can we, and do, can our relationships be repaired or back to where they were before? I think it's, the, it's, 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 it's about working together for me. And I'm just, I don't have, I don't have any interest in investing where I've invested a lot of years and time and energy with people that I thought were my friends and who called me up. So one of them in particular said I was their best friend. I, I never said that, but she, she called me out. You're like my best friend. We're best friends. We're best. We, suddenly, you know, you're talking shit about me at happy hour. I don't know if that's what best friends do. I do. I want to be clear that I, I think it's entirely possible in terms of that personal break to be mended. Um, but it ha it requires a hundred percent accounting for, for all the stuff. So honesty for me and honesty from the other person, but I do believe there's going to be need to be a recognition on the part of the other person. It's not, a, it's not Jessica, just a question of being seen. It's a question of, it was a question of, in, in, in many ways, a, a moment of a, of a feeling of a fight for survival. I had, I had been, humbled by the state to be forced into a Zoom year of employment, a Zoom year of teaching already. And then when I come back, they humiliated me again saying, if you wanna work, you're gonna have to shove this thing up your nose. Um, and the last thing was, okay, now we need to know your status. And I was like, that's the line, that was it. I, like, I'm done now, all right? I had already been humiliated enough in, in many ways. And like, I, I do feel like I had been humbled in many ways. I don't like it, but I had agreed to certain concessions. I agreed to teach on Zoom. I agreed to, to shove a, a thing up my nose uh, in order to work at a place. But that was a, an attack. That was an attack on me, an attack on, on our class. And that's the state of coming after us. And finally, there was a point where I said, no, I won't do it. And so in that fight with one of the most, with, with something that is like purely evil, which is the state and these, their corporate interests and whatever. And I believe my sister knows that. I mean, maybe she might doesn't see it as whole evil. She sided with them. She was like, I don't want to hear about you having to fight them. Just, I don't want to hear about it. And she knows how it's going to go. Like, think about, I, in my opinion, it's like, what if I was being tortured? I don't want to hear about it. Because I kind of was. It is, that's what's going on here. 
And that that's an abandonment that I would have never done. Like, I don't, like, I don't agree with everything that people like, that I love do, but if, if the fucking state comes after them, I'm taking sides. So, and I'm taking sides against the state. Easy. That's easy. So that's how I feel about that. Can I, Andy, I'm just, that was the most horrible thing that happened to you. Do you know, it's the attacks that you got and the snitchers that were there at your school. And the thing is like, you invested so many years at Mission High School in San Francisco, your long time like teacher. And you like, not that it matters to you because I know it doesn't matter to you. You've never even shared much with me about your PhD until later on in my life, but like later years, but like you are the most qualified person to have worked at SFUSD. And there is a shortage of science and maths teachers at SFUSD. And for them to have taken like your livelihood and taken a person from the community at Mission High School, where you have invested so many, like you built relationships and the same teachers who said that you were anti-union, anti-teacher. Like I said to one of them at one point, I'm sorry, like bringing this up. I said to one of them, I want to see you have done and put in the years that Andy has put in. One specific teacher said that he's always, uh, he's always uh, going against the union, always making these side groups, always. And I said to this, this, this specific teacher who was running for the union, I said, you know, I want to see you do what Andy has done for countless teachers, always defending them always standing up, even when he disagreed with them and representing them in the administrative offices. You have no idea how long he's worked in this in this school district and how long he's been participatory in participated in the union. He has done so much. I don't think you and I could ever amount to the work that he has done. And it's like, no one has seen that. We were thrown, do you remember, Andy, we walked for the reopening of schools with other families and they threw eggs at us. Yeah. They threw eggs at kids. At fam like at familias. And when they were talking about like, oh, it's only white families, there was a there was a little group of Latino families that decided to wear their their traditional clothing because why? Because they wanted to show, like, no, it's not just white, but it's like us or representing familias who, are, who was in the hubs, Latino and blacks, high rates, I mean high high percentage of them. So it's a, it's a it's a mess. It was really horrible what they did to you. They took away your livelihood. Then it was a threat. Of course, you have a job now. You're stable. Luckily, you know you got another job. But the thing is, it's like they yanked you out, uprooted you out of a community, and that I as what you said, it it was torture. And I'm glad we talked about it a lot in the What's Left episodes. But I I to speak to to what happened to you. That didn't happen to me. I wasn't working, you know, I wasn't working. So I really want to just acknowledge that in this episode, because if anyone is interested, they can check out the other episodes. I invite folks, please, Andy, link the other episodes to like what happened as like in during live as we were reporting during that time, which is horrendous. And you stood up to the state and instead we had snitchers, other workers reporting on other workers. It was terrible what they did, you know? And I just think it, remembering that time, it's just, as, as Jess put it, 
like it was very traumatic, you know, very traumatic. Uh, sorry, I yeah, yeah, just remembering that, yeah, yeah. I I don't know. I I was also, you know, for me it was more of a an eye opening time. You know, absolutely the anxiety, absolutely the, you know, the harassment at work, you know, um, the, um, you know, the, the boxing in of, you know, the options for someone who disagreed, right? Like, I couldn't just pick up and go to another job because, you know, like, and so here I was, I had to find ways to navigate the system in order to continue to have a livelihood. Um, and so, you know, um, I was mad for sure. I was mad, you know, I was, I'm still passionate about it because this is not over. This is uh, a step, you know, a stage of, uh, you know, or another stage in the war, you know, again, like in, you know, earlier I said that for me, there is no distinction because th that is the story I want to share with my family, you know, with my loved ones, you know, because like, I'm sorry if anything for me, that this has been my lesson. Like, organizers are not gonna change the world, not organizers as we see them right now, as we've experienced it right now. If anything, it's been fucking detrimental. If anything is very myopic, is very, you know, um, inconsequential to be honest for me. Because those were the first people that went behind this bullshit. Those are the people that are still behind this bullshit. You know, this is my experience in the mission in San Francisco with the Latino community organizing, feeding people. And they're not, they're, they're not out, out of it. I, don't, I have no hope. If, 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 I, if I'm fucking waiting for them to apologize, good luck, fucking Kenny. You're going to waste your fucking life. So... That's why I mean that there is no separation because guess what? My mother, she's never been to a fucking organizing event in her life. She will never be. She will not be able to have the conversations that we have here with anybody. But she fucking knew from the beginning. And she stood up and she took a stance at work. Even when she was vaccinated because she chose to because she was 65 and older. So she had something to think about. You know, she respected my decision. But she took a stance and did and refused to show her fucking vaccine card until, you know, she had no other option. And so, um, my brother, my brother was my closest camera at work. He didn't care about hearing the debates, you know. He didn't care about my reasons. His simple reason was like, you cannot force me to do anything that I don't want to do. So if anything for me, it's been eye-opening that that's why, why I speak about, you know, living your life, the, you know, live your politics the, the way you live your life and, and vice versa. They're, they're the same thing to me. You know, if you want to make a, a different world, we have to live a certain way. We have to show them, we have to push, defend the things that we want to build. And so I'm done with the priests of, of organizing. I'm sorry, I am done. You know, with, with the priests that talk in, 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 in obscure language, you know, and, and, and when the dust settles, 
because there's been plenty of people that I organize with that are in fucking great jobs now as a result of the pandemic because they were the saviors of the community because they sided with the state because they never questioned the the state. You know, and that to me is a deliberate consequence of all this. You know, that people like Lipson were uprooted from a place where he had roots. I was forced to be uprooted from a place I had roots. And so now we have to, so yes, I don't care to forgive. I will not fucking forget this. This will be brought up just like you, Eduardo. This will be brought up. This will be a fucking thing. And we'll probably continue to disagree, you know, with some people. And we will have to be honest about that. You know, because this is a learning, just like 9-11 was a learning experience. This is a massive learning experience. We were pummeled, the people who want to change this world. Pummeled, destroyed, to, you know, to the ground. And there are some pockets in, that have united, I think, but... By and large, you know, like we have to reanalyze it and the way we used to do things that I thought, at least for me, my learning, the way I used to do things, I don't think that's how it's going to happen. I mean, the only good thing that came out of it was we met people like Jess, right, that was able to like organize with and then suddenly we found other people, right? Like we spent, we have had special bonds and created new comrades with people that I thought were I thought think, think that that was cool um, yeah it was really fucked up you know a lot of things were really fucked up that I just remember even now that were like them uh, I don't know if anyone wants to make a comment to that I think we should start finding a way to discuss briefly before we wrap up like what we think about what was said like because we didn't spend a lot of time on it last week unlike people like Chomsky so these are not the governing class but these are intellectuals folks I don't know if that's in, like we I wanted to say something around that like in the last episode but um I, I don't have much to say on that one but I mean honestly if Jess you have something you want to add I mean, only to say one thing we didn't bring up with Chomsky, right, was his gatekeeping of the 9-11 narrative, you know? And so I think, I mean, we should have known even before all of COVID and everything, right? Like, he was always a gatekeeper. He was always, he was never on our side, I don't think. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I, I think I kind of said my piece on that last week. Um, I think that the people who who were in the public eye, who were making policy decisions, who were driving narratives, who were spreading propaganda, like, that's different to me. Those people have to be held accountable, like, materially <laughs> held accountable. Um, I don't think that's the same thing as, like, you know, my neighbor who just was watching the news and you know, fell for the PSYOP. Yeah. And one thing I want to do want to say, and then Eduardo, maybe if you, there's something you want to add about Chomsky um, is the reason that I spend some time thinking about, because 
Jessica, you had asked this earlier, either in the episode or before the episode. Wait, has anybody gotten an apology yet? If with, all, with the amnesty letter out, and, and like across the board, no one. I mean, that wasn't true in Workers and Students for Choice too. It's like no one, no one's seen anybody come their way. So let's be clear: among among the people we know, like the actual people we know, that we're not hearing anything, and that's not what the what's going on. But with the, I do under, I do believe that the reason I continue to try to do stuff is with the hope and the possibility of change. And I am, I want to be in that place of not, you know, being separated, being, being polarizing or polarizing with people who are coming towards me in the political changes that I hope to be part of making. Um, so if there's people who used to be making fun and now they're back in trying to do something, like Eduardo, I don't know if I'm going to trust them at this point, but with the hope and the understanding that I'm hoping change can happen, change for them, but really change for the world, then I, I do want to be open to that. I do want to, I don't want to be cut off from possibilities of doing something good with that person if, if it's possible. So that's, that's the only reason I even think about that level of people in like so-called coalition kind of thing, um, because it might happen. And I just want to know how I at least want to put forward for myself how I hope to be, how I will be. We'll see. But how I hope to be is a person who is at least open to the possibility that this person is in a process of coming towards us and towards trying to make a better world. And that's very separate from like trying to make trying to find a way back with my sister, which is just a personal thing, which I for me is much more important at this point um, because I don't. Like I still, I think the likelihood of us succeeding in the end is, you know, small. Well, I guess we'll just see what happens in my own experience. And if, because I'm working with people who are on, who were on the other side. And I'll report back and see what yeah. it's like. Uh, I don't, at this point, I, we're not talking about it, but a lot of stuff is being discussed in the school site council at my nephew's school about uh behavior issues academic performance being behind these things aren't necessarily that important to me anymore as they once were as i think you both remember when i used to be an advocate for like making sure that education and all these things were like really important and instead like it's what last jess was sharing about demolition <laughs> i'm still really considering that we should talk about that anarchist cookbook <laughs> forever blacklisted and then taken down for sure <laughs> uh, but uh, but but it is important to them. And what's not being discussed in these conversations is, well, let's look at the mistakes that were done during the pandemic, pandemic right? Where no one's talking about it. So if I'm in this, I'm, I'm in this working group, and other families are in it, and other teachers are in it, and one of them is a part of the union who was for the closing of schools. We'll see what happens. So I'll report back just because like I'm the only one I think I'm from the four of us. Only one who's working with other people who are on the opposing side yeah. on this issue. So uh and I'm saying I want to work with them. And I'm I don't know. We'll see what happens. And I have and I called you the night before. Uh I was going to go meet up with them last week, Auntie, and I ranted 
and I was like, I exploded with like, ah, I don't know what's going to happen. And then Jess and Andy and I were on the Strengths and Workers for Choice and I reported back there. But it's, it is a evolving thing. So let's see. I, I guess we'll use my experience as like a way to figure out how is it going. Um, and if this amnesty stuff can be applied, I don't, I don't know, as we've discussed this, like everything that Jess talked about, the work, the livelihoods of people and all of the collateral damage that you listed out, Jess, just can be forgiving. I, I'm not, like I said, I'm a resentful person. I, I have to carry on just, what will it look like? So we'll see, what will it look like working together? We'll see, and I'll report back from the drawing board. And, and to the other point about last week's episode, because I feel like I wanted to say something about it, and I thought it wasn't the time, uh, because we were discussing some other topic entirely. Okay. As far as not people who are governing, people who are part of like maybe the intellectual analysts, or that even, I don't know if that is a word, but the people who are, we've admired, right? People who we thought were revolutionary, uh, this anarchist name kind of like escapes my mind. He wrote the book on Wobblies and the Zapatistas who asked everyone to vote for Biden. I think we discussed that article or that that letter um, before in one episode. I uh, I, I think I, I can still take parts of what I'm in agreement with but still declare my opposition. And I'm not as, I guess I, I don't know, it, it's it's fine. It's fine that, well, that the three of you laid out this brutal attack on democracy now and 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 Dam Chomsky and Prashad last week. That's fine. <laughs> I thought it was gonna be Andy who was gonna go after, but, but it, but I, so I, I don't have an opposing. It's just, I think there's a lot we have to unpack, which we did on this episode. I, I'm not, for me, I'm not, I wasn't taking the time to do that. I was just, we were discussing uh, Ukraine and Putin and his analysis. And then what was, in, what was important for me was um, what they had to say on it. But there are going to be folks like you all who are just going to entirely discredit them for, for everything now because of what they said for before. So that's fine too. <laughs> or maybe what do you, however you might label it, not discredit it, but however you might label it. Mm -hmm. So that's the only thing I, I'm, I, I do feel maybe I will get nervous every time I bring them up or something with <laughs> y'all trying to go after them. Anyhow, I think we had a good episode. We should find yeah. a way to wrap. Anything else? No, glad we uh, glad we had this discussion. I'm probably my my back. This is one of those episodes where I'm going. Hmm, I said too much about family, but I'm going to let it ride. So, I think you should consider it, Andy. No, I think we should name this uh, episode. Don't forgive, don't forget. <laughs> yeah, but. Hmm. Luckily, my family doesn't watch the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> well, I this this is this one's gonna be a tricky one to title because I'm not sure about don't forgive because I'm I'm prepared to forgive. With uh, depends who, right? Depends and depends what how they come back through it. So, so I, I, yeah, living the time of COVID. 
<laughs> like we had that one and they tried to censor that one. Oh God, <laughs> did. they forget. <laughs> All right. So, okay. Think, well, Kenny, think about titles. If you come up with one, let me know. This one's going to be a hard one to title, I think. So we'll see. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's see. Okay, okay, okay. Here's the. Other. All right. Well, that does it for this week's episode. What's left is a weekly political podcast that channel challenges the mainstream left. Post information about our topics and our guests on the episode notes wherever you found this episode, or on our blog at what-s-left.webnote.com. Uh, you can find past episodes to this podcast as you know there and connect with us. I remind folks if you like anything you've heard here, please subscribe, rate, review, turn on your notifications to any of our platforms on Spotify, iTunes, Podcast, Stitcher, Google Play, BitChute, Odyssey, YouTube, Rumble, or Telegram. And you can find their blog and any of those links in the episode. That's where we found this episode. Uh, you can also find our social media handles as at Don Eduardo Barca and at ZPK on Instagram and Jessica's uh, Twitter handle as at jhomie89. Uh, as well as uh, if you would like to give us feedback about something you've heard or suggest something for us to cover, contact us. Like, what was it to try this? And you can always contact me. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening. Hasta luego. Ciao.